everyone. Welcome to NKBA Live, Brave New Business. I'm Bill Darcy. It's great to be back with you. I hope all of you enjoyed a wonderful holiday weekend. I've been excited about all of our BNB forums because each episode has offered a unique perspective on a broad range of topics. I am, though, especially happy to welcome this week's panel, who each represent the organizational culture of NKBA. They're all forward-thinking, innovative, enormously positive and proactive, and at times even aggressive. Today, we explore a topic that is critical to growing a business, but has taken on an even greater role with the pressures of the COVID impact as we all evolve to the still undefined future business environment. That is creating opportunities, even when it seems there are none, to help with our business and thrive to thrive and prosper. We welcome Andreas Hansen, president of the Wine Preservation System, Plum. Marty Davis, president and CEO of American-made family-owned natural quartz surface producer, Cambria. And Adam Sandow, CEO of Sandow, the multi-platform media and logistics giant. We'll be talking about grabbing market share and creating opportunity in today's market. Just a little housekeeping, as always, this online forum qualifies for a half CEU credit for NKBA certified members. And I'd like to thank one of our 2020 design competition winners, Bill Livingston, CKD CBD, for the use of his elegant bathroom design behind me today, in which he specified Cambria's amazing countertop. Finally, a quick shout out to our own Diane Pagoda, NKBA's Senior Manager of Creative Content, who is celebrating a birthday today. So happy birthday to Diane, critical part of our Brave New Business team. We're making time for questions at the end, so please type those in the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen, not the chat, please. Starting with Andreas, uh, your company is a relatively new player, having introduced your beautifully designed wine dispenser at KBiz in January. First time out, you won the Best of KBiz Kitchen Gold Award and brand with the biggest bite during Design Bites. So congratulations again on those awards. While we understand you get uh, you got some traction at the show when the country shut down just a few weeks later, it must have had an impact on your momentum. So can you tell us about what you've done to create opportunity during the crisis? Yes, Bo, thank you so much. Uh, so, and um, thank you so much for everybody to be uh, here. Um, uh, as a uh, former president of LIPA, I've met many of you in the past. So um, our big coming out party uh, right before I joined Plum was at KBIS, as you say, and um, was very excited about the feedback we've gotten from the industry and from this community. When COVID happened, um, obviously um, I was uh, about to, to really freak out about the situation, but um, we saw something that was quite interesting and I'm sure that you all can relate to it. Uh, people uh, consume more wine uh, during those days, right? And um, so we, we have this wine dispenser that is uh, behind me at this uh, beautiful bar from Art uh, Bar. And uh, it preserves wine, it dispenses wine and so forth. And what we've seen, because it's connected, we see the consumption data. So suddenly wine consumption gone up for plum users by 35%. So that led me to a hypothesis. So I'm thinking, so people are home now drinking more wine. Uh, so this is a great opportunity now to engage with, uh, with, with dealers uh, and end consumers directly in order to, to, to basically um, engage directly. So uh, people at home um, doing too many Zoom calls, as we all can also relate to, and, and crave those, those little luxuries. Maybe they don't want installers at home for right now for, for, for bigger items. So 
we started doing webinars, very, very small, and the attendance was always booked out. So in the past uh, two months, we've trained over a thousand kitchen professionals, uh, kitchen dealers, appliance uh, um, dealers, architects, designers, and as a result, added hundreds of new dealers. So something that I've never expected. And I can now truly say that, that, that I would call this a success story uh, during the pandemic, right? So. Uh, dealers right now have um, adaptive dump, even even though the stores were closed. Um, just yesterday, we added eight more dealers, which was amazing. It's a ground shippable unit, so so it actually helps businesses to to be able to to compensate um, a little bit of the of the current situation. And as I mentioned, we all drink more wine right now. So turned out this pandemic for us was not as bad as um, I, I thought the impact was going to be. And the mo momentum, in fact, uh, has, been, uh, has been tremendous. We are also investing more in ads. I mean, uh, we do Retail Observer, AD, and so forth, when others stopped investing. We said, right now, this is our time. This is the time of the wine, and we're going to go as aggressive as we can. Furthermore, that, I engage. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that that was my second part of my question, is how do you, how do you continue that? How do you continue your brand awareness building during this, now you've regained this momentum or even have more momentum coming yeah, out of COVID. more momentum. And what I do, I, I really engage more with the dealers. So many dealers haven't adapted to this new situation. They haven't embraced um, online yet fully. Other dealers like uh, Annette Reeves from, from Perch, who was on the panel, or, or Debbie from Mrs. G, they also go aggressive. They, they, they say, let me create content. Let me, let me create things that, that people are craving for right now. And those are really thriving. I mean, the ones that, that, that right now don't throw the towel, but really go out there, create good content, focus on online sales, and, uh, and foster partnerships uh, are thriving. This is what we are doing. Um, I'm basically engaging this beautiful community um, on a daily basis, always. I communicate with the dealers, architects, designers directly through Zoom calls. Um, and I can truly say, without this community, without the NKVA, this success story wouldn't have happened. So I, I think you, um, in, in fact, for, for, for helping us to not only get through it, but really thrive and grab market share, as you, as you just mentioned. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. Thank you for being part of it and, and for what you've been doing and your success is, is a great story to hear. Marty, uh, Cambria is well-established, uh, hundreds of reps and dealers your success uh, largely depends on building and maintaining relationships. So how has your sales team been able to keep up in, in this environment? Well, good, good afternoon, Bill. And thanks for having us uh, at Cam here at Cambria. Um, I think the uh, first thing we did is, is, is we kept all, all of our salespeople, hundred percent of our salespeople employed during the period that our state shut down. And so we had a lot of uh, circumstances where stay at home orders affected our workforce, but we were able to navigate that and keep all of our people at least at 60% uh, uh, work uh, flow. So they were very active and I compliment many of them went far beyond that. And they stayed very active through technology. Can you imagine COVID-19 bill without today's technology? I mean, just step back and imagine 2005 and what it might've been like, but our people were very, very active and, and very progressive and connecting their business partners and channel partners and relationships, not only with Cambria, but some of the things that our people did, our teams, our market reps, we call them market makers, but they were out in the, in, in the markets, well integrated, and they connected the peer groups within the design community 
within the kitchen and bath community and within the builder community so that they became the facilitator of some of that, that cross-pollination. So it wasn't just a, a coordination amongst Cambria and for Cambria uh, activity, but we, we facilitated and bridged uh, the, the different conversations and in integration technology, uh, uh, bringing it all together uh, with, with those various groups and really kept the, the biology uh, going uh, throughout the, the COVID circumstance in and out of stay-at-home shelters, state by state, um, circumstance by circumstance to make sure we were well connected and, and people were well connected to us. But not only us, I thought the real visionary thing of our team and many of their uh, leadership here at Cambria was how they uh, did go forward very progressively to connect the community beyond Cambria of the different peer uh, segments. And uh, th that was very successful. Uh, everybody in the country used the Zoom and the Google uh, uh, technology to connect uh, visually and otherwise, but really to find the energy to get people engaged and immersed in the communications and the conversation and find it to be a place of substance was the challenge. And that, that was something our people really did a, a great job working with the, the marketplace on, on that. And, and I think it was I've, well received. I, you know, I, I, I pay attention to you guys on Twitter and, and LinkedIn. Those are two platforms I use a lot. And I, I noticed there's a lot of engagement there. You've, your community, uh, you've, you've created a community. Can you talk a little bit about your social media efforts and how that is, uh, how that's been going? Yeah, that's, it's, it's uh, as you can imagine, it's a catalyst to all the aforementioned. So immediately when we, when our governor issued stay home and in the country was pretty much all going that way, we, we found essential, we were fortunate with con being in the construction field that we, we kept the measure of our digital team 100% in, in place. And so our social media efforts, our marketing leadership in that area stayed intact and actually you know, probably increased their, their workday uh, and advanced kind of the integration of our different social media platforms and really assisted our, our market reps throughout the country uh, and how to better utilize and, and, and govern their social media platforms on a personal basis, as well as leveraging our company platforms in that endeavor. So that's why you saw for us, Bill, a tremendous amount of uptick and activity. Certainly the, the, the citizenry of the nation w was more plugged in, if you will, the technology. Uh, it's obvious to us when you look at Netflix and some of the other platforms and the, the increase of their of their activity and that same thing was true in all the our social platforms so we stayed very engaged in them very connected uh, uh, and knew that it was actually not a slowdown period for that part of our business but actually a uh, you know kind of a fire in the hole period that you got to be uh, on the on the game and focused and advancing learnings and and efforts and using the different tools to leverage those platforms and our team did a really great job Andrea Thorne our, our uh, uh, head of our marketing department and her team uh, stepped up in a big way and did a super job for us and, and for our channel. It was great to see it and very noticeable. And you know, another part that excited us in, in talking with you about what Cambry was doing, we heard many, we've heard many brands, you know, I've been cutting spending in an effort to kind of ride out the crisis. And, but you have taken a, a much different approach, investing heavily in product design, innovation during this time. So can you talk about some of the behind the scenes uh, process? Why is R&D so important right now to Cambria? Yeah, Bill, that's right right on the mark. 
uh, we, we had some practice in 08, right? All of us, 08, 09, uh, for some type of a, of a seismic shift in our business. And we did the same thing. That's when we launched our Waterstone uh, collection that very shortly after we found its, its beginning. And so in this period, we invested heavily in our sales team. We, we increased our investment heavily in our digital and social media platforms, as mentioned. But we also went deep in our research and development area and, and advanced our product design uh, work and innovation in that area and invested heavily. And all those people stayed in full force for us at Cambria. And in fact, we're working overtime uh, in, these, in this period of time. And, and so we really, in, in certain areas of the budget, we increased our budgets pretty substantially uh, at, this, at, at this juncture and advanced uh, th that kind of development, both in the plant with our new designs and pilot plants and otherwise, but also in our field work and in the areas of fabrication and some of the things we were doing in point of sale development in facilities where we want to be ready when this thing turns, Bill, as it already is beginning to, and we're out there and ahead of that curve. So I think during something like this, the answer is invest heavily in your sales team and in your research and development innovation platforms, uh, or it's, it's going to be a tough, uh, a, a tough uh, time to reemerge into, into the business and not lose uh, some pretty good ground. Well, compliments to you and your leadership and, and how what you've been doing to set the bar there at Cambria. Very, very impressive to see. Um, Adam, yours is interesting because you have two distinct areas of your company, media and logistics. We know that Traditional media, print media have taken a big hit in recent years, and some of the former giants in that industry have you know, even gone away, yet you have been able to grow and thrive. So can you first tell us about how you've accomplished this on the media side, your recent acquisitions of Metropolis, implementing design TV and other initiatives? Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, you know, we've, we've had uh, very unique philosophies, whether we're targeting the residential community, the commercial community. Um, we've been able to build um, really an ecosystem of companies that all serve the design industry across all of our brands from Think Lab and Research and Material Connection, Material Bank, and obviously all of our media, all of our magazines. You know, we were able to, in, a, in an unprecedented way for us, bring all of our brands together almost simultaneously when we saw this pandemic hit and bring them together, bring our editors together, bring our digital teams together and spin up design TV. We've seen uh, an unprecedented demand for information, for connectivity, for research. Uh, our, our research team at Think Lab can't possibly work any harder uh, just getting the in industry uh, fed with the right information uh, to kind of navigate this, this very, very tough time. And I think that it goes back to some of our philosophies. You know, we started Lux almost two decades ago. Um, Lux is now the giant of the industry and, and it's because of the local connection, bringing the local dealers, the local builders, the local architects together with the national. And, and that formula um, we've seen even now in the middle of this pandemic and, 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 and you know, back in 08, we, we saw it again, the need for connectivity, the need to connect the local buyer with the local seller, the local, you know, general contractor with the local builder, the local kitchen and bath dealer. Um, all of that connectivity is, is now been, is more important than ever. And our, our platform has been built on that. Um, you know, we do over 300 and some odd events a year, publish over 120 issues of design magazines across all of our brands, obviously a very big digital footprint. 
Um, and all of that working in unison, and again, for the first time, bringing all of that together, all of that power to leverage for something like Design TV has been something that has been amazing to watch, uh, to watch our teams come together um, and, and deliver the industry such important information and connectivity. So it's been, uh, it's been exciting just to see that happen and happen so well during, uh, during this unprecedented time. Uh, for the logistics side, you know, you operate the very successful Material Bank, the sampling service for the interior design industry. How has that part of your business been during the crisis and what do you attribute to performance there? Well, you know, it was almost like uh, Material Bank was built for this, um, for the simple reason that we've now created the world's largest architecture and design marketplace. Um, where we allow uh, anyone, uh, an architect, a designer, a real estate developer, a kitchen and bath uh, a designer, to come and look and source these materials. And because we invested not only in the technology to build that platform, uh, because we invested in, in a, a very, very large robotic distribution facility, we've been able to keep the industry going. We've been able to keep the industry uh, working from home. Um, we brought on nurses onto our team in late February, early March. Uh, we have had 100% uptime and full employment with, with, with the platform because our volume has hit unprecedented levels. Um, virtually overnight, we saw over 35,000 of our users start to use the platform and immediately switch to ship everything to their home. And we, my CEO got the incredible idea to start treating every package with disinfectant. Um, and we saw this appreciation in the industry where they were posting and still every day, designers opening up uh, their boxes, all of their tools, all of their products in one single box at their house. So while the resource libraries are closed, while um, the reps can't get in to see them anymore, while trade shows are, 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 are really uh, on pause, um, Material Bank kept running and kept driving and feeding all of our 250 partners leads every day. Um, and 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 we 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 see now how uh, again just growth right through this this pandemic and and that continues again hit another record night again last night um, and the volume of processing is 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 honestly uh, staggering um, to feed this industry and to keep the manufacturers and the designers working. What more? Uh, you all have such a, a unique approach in this um, in this environment. What more can you share with the community uh, about innovation or things that you're doing that would, you, you shared a lot about what you're specifically doing. We're talking to a, a very diverse population of members here with NKBA is unique in the industry where we represent dealers and designers and manufacturers and a cross spectrum of the industry. Is, is there things that you think that would help uh, NKBA members continue to think differently about their own businesses that you, any of you would like to share? Well, you know, our team is constantly publishing re research um, because we're, we're going into a, a new world. Um, some people are excited, some people are terrified, but we are, we are uh, what we're dealing with now is, I think, in my opinion, nothing. What we're going into is a, is a, a paradigm shift that happens once in a generation, in my opinion. We're going to see this shift um, ripple through every single business. Um, some will be positively and negatively affected. And what we have always done with our media brands, especially, is communicate and give the, the information that they need to stay competitive. Without the, the right information, without the right information on how to run the business, without the right information to satisfy clients 
and to keep top of mind of those clients, whether it's new products, whether it's insight into what's coming and how even the consumers and, and, and uh, the buyers want to interact because that's changing. Um, we're constantly feeding that through uh, all of our pipelines. Um, something as simple as our Lux Connects, where we're bringing the local communities together all the way up to our mega events. Um, it's all about educating uh, our, our, our readers and connecting all of our brands and partners to, to, uh, to, to, the, uh, to the users, to the, to the people that are in this industry. Um, Material Bank, same thing. It's how do we give them powerful tools to not miss a beat and to be able to deliver for their clients? Because at the end of the day, it's all about a high level of service and innovation um, and, and the companies that can maintain that, especially through disruption, um, will, will be successful. And uh, tools like Interior Design's new launch of a product called Launch, um, very amazing inter- a technology to create engagement with products and buyers. Um, we've, we've really been working hard on not just media, not just digital content, but the tools, and that's a big thing for us, the tools that, that make this industry run and allow your members to be more efficient with their time. Leon, I know we have a we have a couple more questions for the panel, but you have a bunch of questions coming in on the chat. You want to um, throw a couple questions out to the group? Sure. There's a bunch for um, for all three panelists. I'll start with Andreas. Andreas, did you have any pushback from dealers that did not want to be sold to during the pandemic, and how did you handle selling if they had never seen your product before? Essentially, we presented it um, through webinars. Now, our distribution partners, which, which are amazing, they have the relationships and, and they were uh, able to also jump on one-on-one calls. Uh, some of them have seen it uh, at, at KBIS. Others have seen it right now, uh, again, socially or through videos and so forth. It's a new category for sure. It's, it's a wine dispenser. This, this never has existed in that form. And um, there were there were some initial pushbacks, but um, the rate of uh, dealers adapting it right now shows that that they're embracing that th- this is a new luxury item, a must-have that everybody um, has to have. So they they didn't feel that we are um, selling to them. It was really more of a wow, this is an additional solution which we didn't have before. We talked about dishwashers and microwaves in the past. This is wow. So actually, we can now go back to our customers and offer them something they haven't seen before, create excitement during a time that is not exciting, right? And uh, essentially have something, a talking point, that that is an actual hook. And then again, ground shippable, um, they can sell it and uh, it's plug and play, they don't have to deal with installation and so forth. So that was actually helping them um, uh, revenue-wise as well, because that's one of the few items they, they can sell uh, right now. Great, question for Marty. Are you changing the way you will do business, for example, sampling in the future? Um, I think that I was listening to Adam and he's so right about about how the changes of the the world will be made uh, as a result of this. But well, we'll try to continue to advance technology to refine what we do. And in fact, we work with Adam's company as an excellent company, Material Bank, uh, in that endeavor. I was thinking and reflecting, it's still, I think what the pandemic proved as much as anything is that we'll, we'll continue to innovate how we do business, but not having relationships and not having interface and human uh, endeavor together and, and, and the type of cultivation and networking that goes on, I think it proved to us that, that those, those voids in our life 
are very difficult for us to conduct business under. So while technology brought a lot of things to us, I think it also uh, re-emphasized how important continuing to sustain and nurture relationships in the marketplace with your customers uh, and having the hand-to-hand -hand contact uh, with something like samples where we, uh, we are efficient and proficient and we get them information they need, but we still need that human interface, that human relationship. And I don't think we'll go uh, much down a path of changing that. Uh, I think this time proved to us that that kind of uh, uh, critical aspect of business and commerce uh, is not only necessary, but a requirement of, 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 of flourishing together with your partners and your customers all the way down to the consumer. And you might have just addressed this, Marty, but how are you specifically helping your fabricators through this? I think that's a, a, a very critical part of that is the relationship and staying in close contact with, with our fabricators. We're going to have to uh, develop uh, different schemes around inventories with them so that they can, they can bring back the, uh, the business uh, trend uh, and, and their position of supply into the marketplace. Uh, they're they're going to have to govern by in, in different states, govern how they come back to work. Some of them already have. And I think just be one of the things when we say American made, we're not talking about buy American. That's, that's uh, not the way to earn the business. But American made means that you promote and, and live and activate and really thrive in having the contact, the reliability, the responsiveness, and the connection to the market. So we, uh, our number one thing with our fabricators is stay very, very connected to them and to our partners into the, in the retail segments as well. Great. Question for Adam. Adam, what are your thoughts on the luxury market coming out of this pandemic? Uh, we, we've seen it in, uh, in every, uh, in every uh, downturn. Uh, luxury market uh, comes, comes out of these, out of these um, always bigger and stronger. It's happened through every down cycle. Um, I, I think we, we went into this um, with the greatest economy in, in the world. We came into it with, with, with very good fundamentals. So um, we, we are seeing already appetite uh, out there. Um, we talked to a lot of different businesses outside of architecture and design. Um, and I, I will tell you uh, that market, we're already seeing a lot of, of, of activity. Um, so there's no, there's no doubt that we, uh, that, that, that we will see that market um, come back. And I believe it'll come back uh, quicker uh, than the other categories. Uh, we also, uh, one of the companies we own is called MediaJet. We have almost 300 newsstands in private airports and we monitor the traffic. Um, and we monitor a lot in those private airports um, and they're starting to boom again. Uh, people are moving, people are flying. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that that market comes back very strong. And I also- Time for one more, Leanne. Go yeah, ahead. I do. Although the, I like the comment about, uh, to Andreas, can we integrate Cambria in your wine dispenser? So I think there's some beautiful things happening here. So- <laughs> We could, and then I saw a different question. Yeah, I mean, it's a freestanding inside <laughs> a, a trinket. So yes, it's fully integrated and, and we can certainly talk about um, stone panels for it. Um, <laughs> okay, Adam, I have one more question, sure. question for you, and I know it's a loaded one. What are your thoughts about print publications in the future? 
there, to me, there, the way the print publications will continue to, to be uh, very viable is maintaining a high level of quality and a high level of trusted content. Um, uh, we, we see a huge opportunity there. We, we, we bought Metropolis Magazine. Um, what we're seeing is, is the industry doing the absolute opposite of what they need to. Um, when you look at European magazines, when you go to Europe and you see them, they're, they're an inch and a half thick, they're robust, they're doing well, they have very dedicated, passionate readers. When you come to this country, what you see is publishers over the last five years have, have, have seen declines and they answered it with thin out the book, thin out the quality, thin out the content. And you get to a point where you're producing 48 page, 64, little tiny flimsy magazines. In my opinion, they're absolutely finished. That is the recipe for disaster that's driving the car at 100 miles an hour, knowing the cliff's there in another 18, 24 months. And they keep doing literally the opposite of, of what, in my opinion, you have to be to be a successful publisher. Um, we have magazines that have doubled down in quality. Our page counts are high. Our paper is quality is high. That's the luxury of reading a magazine. Otherwise, go flip on your phone, and that's great. But when you want to be, be really use the magazine as a resource, it has to be a hell of a resource. Um, I always say the best canary in the coal mine for us is our private airports and our newsstands. And we watch tens and tens of thousands of magazines move off those private uh, newsstands and off the main newsstands. Um, but if, if, if publishers, and, and by the way, this is a, we need them to be successful. We don't want to be the only successful one out there. If publishers keep doing what they're doing, which is cutting the quality and cutting everything out of the books, they will be finished. Um, we just don't believe in that. We never have. Um, so we we are we are ardent believers in that. I'll give you a great example. We um, with 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 everyone working from home, we immediately started to take because we knew Lux goes to homes. We knew that Metropolis. We knew that interior design goes a lot to offices. We immediately started diverting them into the boxes and material and material bank. And we were getting letters from designers saying, this is too good to be true. We've got our samples and now we've got content to do our job. Um, so uh, if done right, um, there, there's, there's a huge opportunity. Just look to Europe. If done wrong, it, it, it is finished. Um, so we, we try and work hard to try and do our best to do it right. Although we're, we're essentially out of time, Leanne said we had one more great question. So for those who want to hang with us, um, we want, uh, Leanne, could you give us one more question for the panel? Sure. Um, the question is, there, there has been underwhelming performance in the last few weeks. However, there is now an uptick. There's some sentiment out there that this is just pent up demand from jobs put on hold. But will there be perhaps another lull after clearing these backlogs? Marty, what are your thoughts on what is to come in the next two to three months? Um, no, I, uh, to your question, I don't think there will be a lull. I, I, I think that, it, well, the, the market stayed fairly f firm, but down a touch. It, it's, I don't think it's overcooked or been overblown at all in this period with false, you know, urgent uh, uh, rush type uh, pandemic related uh, only uh, construction. I think the market's going to pick up where it, where it was and, and, and continue to sustain itself. I think people are getting restless and, uh, Certainly, we'll get out more, but I think there's uh, opportunity for growth and expansion uh, to continue. I think the sign, of, I have a 17-year-old son that said to my wife and I the other day, uh, this quarantine has to end. I need a break from you and mom. 
and and I think that the, that that is the 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 temperament of the nation. If we can get back to work safely, we can get back to doing our activity and our enterprise. And I think it's is going to be a very strong market uh, if we're able as a nation and as a world to have uh, that good fortune as it relates to to this this crisis uh, subsiding. And so I'm very optimistic and. I think we just lost Marty. So, I, I uh, oh, he's back. I'm I'm happy to happy to weigh in. Um, uh, we have, we still have time. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Adam. So, I, I I think what we're what we're not talking about is is something that is has happened that I believe is an unprecedented boom to the kitchen and bath industry and to the residential industry, and that is certainly not in my lifetime, right? We've never seen the home as actually a shelter, a true shelter. We've, we've, we've had the shelter in place, but think about this, that people have cooked more than they ever have at home. They've interacted with their family more at home. They've lived in their home, right? We're all on the go. I'm on the go nonstop. My kids, we're always on the go. We've actually lived in our home. And I think that this is going to be a long-term boom for everyone in the residential market. I think the commercial markets are gonna feel it in 12 to 18 months, but I think residential, people are looking at their kitchen and their home in an entirely different way. You know, we saw this nesting phase happening when the world was ending in 07. I think this goes on, on, on steroids. I think people are gonna have more interest in, 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 their, in their home. I think we're gonna be looking at, what do I do about now a real office from home? How do I have a professional setup? Do I need an extra bedroom? How do I move things around? Um, I think it's absolutely going to be a, a major win for residential. Um, and I, we've talked again. We do so much research. We're we, to me, it's not pent up demand. It's people saying, "I need to fix that. I need to do this. I want to renovate my kitchen. I, it's time to do things." So yes, economically, there'll be people that are going to struggle and be out of work. But I think as that starts to come back, I think the focus on home on on and, and by the way, we see it in Lux. Lux literally sells thousands of ads to the small individual leading luxury players in all the cities we're selling ads like crazy because that is that is 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 to me not just pent up demand i feel really strongly about that and i think we're going to see that just continue and and i just want to weigh in i agree luxury market will come out better than others same for me, I bought a new dishwasher, a new hood. I, I cook every day, and, and this is what has fueled the success story of Plum right now. People are home, and they, they want their luxuries, they want their appliances, and that has uh, fueled our growth. So, um, And it happened to be that, that one piece that, that dispenses wine, which, which helps during, during a crisis like uh, this one. But I, I fully agree with you, Adam. Well, I tell you what, I, I couldn't, we couldn't end on a better note. Thank you all, sincerely, all three of you for your observations, how to seize opportunity, sharing strategies that I hope will benefit our viewers. Next week, please join me for a forward-thinking discussion on ways home, kitchen, and bath design will inevitably change as a result of the pandemic. Going right into what Adam was just saying, on what designers and remodelers are likely to be incorporating into their projects our guests will be Teresa Casey, Principal and Registered Interior Designer of Casey Design Planning Group in Toronto, Canada. Lloyd Alter, design editor and adjunct professor of interior design at Ryerson University, also from Toronto. And uh, Paul Keskees, content director at Archetizer, based in New York City. Thanks again for our panelists and for all of you for 
being with us today, hanging out for a couple more minutes. Thanks again to our panelists. Please follow NKBA and me on social media for the latest news and updates from the kitchen and bath industry. Have a great weekend, and we look forward to seeing you all again next week. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.